Hey, welcome back to the Out of Office podcast. I hope you aren't all doing well. I hope you enjoyed part one of Pitching to Publications. If you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, (laughs) then go back and listen to last week's episode because it's all about um, the first half of this kind of double whammy episode series, what are we calling it? I don't know. Um, On how to pitch to publications because it's one of the things that I get asked about so, so much um, as a freelancer. It's something that I have really, it's a skill that I've really learned from the ground up, as in I have zero training or formal qualifications in pitching or writing for newspapers or magazines. I learned it all by myself, just through trial and error and pitching to editors and publications and getting those things published. If you don't know, I have written for a wide range of publications such as Reader's Digest, iPaper, Huffington Post, Refinery29, the list goes on. Uh, And I would love to show you how to do it too because it is really, really exciting to see your name in print. It really, it really never gets old. So if you haven't listened to the first part, go back and listen. But if you have and you've been just excited all week to get ready for this episode, then get settled in because I am going to dive into the second half of answering the most frequently asked questions about how to pitch to publications. So here is um, one of the most popular questions. When you're writing your email to the editor with your pitch and your idea in it, what do you put in the subject line? Such a great question, um, which has the, you know, you've written your email, but then you want to write something attention grabbing in that subject line. But you also don't want to be annoying, do you? Um, But you want to make sure that it stands out. So bear in mind that an editor can potentially get hundreds of pitch emails every day Uh, and also just emails to do with other aspects of their work you know accepting pitches from freelancers just a small part of what they do so I always put um, the first two words of my subject line are always writer pitching I always put that at the beginning of the subject line um, to make it clear that I am a writer pitching because a lot of publications will get PRs pitching. So it could be, um, oh, I've got this um, new product that I think you'd like to include in your beauty pages, or I've got this new um, clothing line that I'd like to promote in your fashion pages. Well, that's not me. I'm a writer and I'm pitching a story. So that's why I always put writer pitching so that it makes it easier for the editor to decide whether they want to open the email and also makes it easier for them to scroll back if they perhaps some editors set aside like an afternoon or a certain time of day where they will go back through their email and read all the pitches at once so it makes it much easier for them to find it and amongst the masses of other emails and I always write I always put the writer pitching in all caps and I know that this like some people love this and some people hate it I know people who I know PR um, professionals who say that's an absolute no-no you should never use cap in a subject line Um, but I've always done it and I've had some editors tell me specifically that they find that really helpful and that they actually tell other writers to do the same so you don't necessarily need to use all caps, but it has worked for me. 
Um, so the first two words of my subject line will be writer pitching and then I'll just do either a little dash or a colon and then I will include my proposed headline for the piece. So for example, last week I was talking about a death positivity piece that I wrote for Reader's Digest and in the pitch I would write something like in the subject line I'd write writer pitching dash how death positivity can give you a better relationship with those around you. Bearing in mind that normally if you're writing a headline, that's the headline that you're going to see above your piece in the magazine or in the newspaper. Don't get too attached to this headline that you write in the subject line because that's not necessarily for the reader, it's more for the editor. So like what can you write that will attract the editor's attention? And and most likely that will be similar to something that would be printed in the magazine because they're thinking in the mind of the reader. So if they read something that looks like it would suit their magazine, they will gravitate towards it. But I guess the point I'm making is don't feel like, oh my god, this is what's going to be above my finished piece, I've got to get it right. It probably won't be. The editor will change it. It could get changed multiple times. So don't get too attached to it and don't worry too much about it. Um, I'd say just make sure it's short because remember on subject lines on emails, there's only so much space and then it will go to like dot, dot, dot and it'll be cut off. So it's more important to just make, make it kind of short and succinct and to the point. So another question is, how do you find the right editor to contact? So my first tip is never pitch to the general submissions pile. So you'll see if you go onto a website um, like Stylist or Cosmopolitan, they'll have a page, a lot of them have pages that say, if you'd like to write for us, please send your submissions to submissions at cosmopolitan.com. If you send your email into that, your pitch email into that, um, I can almost guarantee you that it will not be read by a human and it won't result in a successful pitch. Um, it just ends up on the pile with everything else. You really want to make sure that you find the specific editor of the specific section of the publication that you want to write for. So often there'll be a contact page on the publication's website um, and they, like, on some publications you actually hit the jackpot and they list every single editor and their specific email address. If you ever see that on a website, copy and paste that straight away. Screenshot it, capture it, that is gold. Um, because even if you're looking for the editor of the um, fashion pages today, and I a few weeks you might be looking for the editor on the Guardian uh, the Guardian on the gardening page or the sports page so copy and paste that and save it in a document it's really handy to have um so so yeah check on the, the publications website or um find the editor specific editor of the subject that you want to um the the section of the paper or the magazine that you want to pitch to so even if you just go on the, say you find the the page on the website that says, here's all the heads of every department in our magazine. Here's the head of opinion. Here's the head of tech. Um, you might find their name, but then you don't, they don't have their email address. If you go to Twitter, follow them on Twitter with a little bit of sleuthing, sometimes you can find their email address um, on their, in their Twitter bio. So they might say, 
pitch me or email me and here's my email address. If it's not there, another thing you can do is to look for other editors within the same newspaper. So you could just search on Twitter for the for the magazine and type in also like email address for Cosmopolitan and you might find someone who's got their email address attached to a tweet or attached to their bio and then you can use the format so if it's like joe.blogs at magazine.com you already know the name of the editor you want to contact because it's on the website and you can try and mimic that format and a lot of the time that will get you in touch with your chosen editor. If you search on Twitter as well for um, words like pitch, submission, freelance writer, you'll also find lots of old tweets where um, editors have actively done a shout out that says, hi, I am looking for pitches. Please, please send your email to X, Y and Z. Um, If all else fails, um, LinkedIn is very good for email addresses as well. And I know some people who have success um, private messaging people on LinkedIn. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I am not a LinkedIn user, so I really don't know the etiquette of it. Um, On Twitter, you could also DM an editor as well, just really politely say, Hey, I just wondered if you're accepting pitches. Pitches, if so, um, would you mind giving me your email address? I've got a story that I think you'd like. They might give you your, they might give you their email address. They might not. They might just ignore you. I would say just don't irritate people. The last thing you want to do is be really annoying. So be polite, um, and just um, yeah, be gracious. I would also suggest that you sign up to, um, Shan. Oh, what's her name again? Shan Mead Williams um newsletter. She sends out a newsletter every I believe it's every week. Um and she collects um shout outs. So when a when an editor does a shout out on Twitter, hey, I'm looking for pitches, or they put it on their website or they send out an email, she will collect all that and distribute it in the form of an email. It's brilliant. She also collects up like freelance writing jobs, so just companies that are looking for freelancers or companies that are hiring employees in the writing sphere so signing up to her newsletter is great because every week she'll send out these pitches and a lot of the time they include the email address of the editor in question because obviously you need the email address to send them your pitch Um, and even if you don't plan on pitching anytime soon I just think it's really helpful to read those emails because you see what the kind of thing editors are looking for and you also get their email address. So what you can do is just start a spreadsheet and put their email address into the spreadsheet. So it means that you're slowly building up your contacts. So if you did that like every week for six months, by the end of the six months, you'd have a, basically a database of people that you can contact. So then when you feel confident with you've got an idea that you want to pitch out, you can look at your essentially your kind of online address book and say okay I know that this person was looking for pitches about this topic a few months ago I will email them now with this new idea and see if they're still interested. Bear in mind though that people do editors do tend to move around so if you've had an address for like a year or so it might not be valid but 
it's still worth sending that email because a lot of the time it will be forwarded on to the relevant person if that person has left or moved on to a different company um, or you might get an autoresponder with um, where that person has moved to so then you might be able to get a new address a new publication so it's really helpful just to, to see those emails every week and to collect the collect those email addresses and I would be remind as well that um, Shan's email goes out to I'm sure she's got something like 10,000 subscribers she's got a lot I don't know why that sticks in my mind but I'm sure she's mentioned that before she's got a lot of people on that email list so bear in mind that if um I don't know say stylists do a shout out looking for dating pitches just bear in mind that when you receive that email so have 10,000 other people so it's likely that that person that editor will receive a lot of pitches so it could, that could be the most competitive time to actually send <laughs> that pitch so it might actually I'm not saying you have to do it this way but it might be smarter to just make a note that that is a subject you like to write about for that publication and perhaps maybe you should send them a pitch in like three months time when their inbox is a bit less crowded and you've got more chance of being seen. So some other good tips for what to put in your pitch, specifically into your pitch email. Estimate the word count of your piece and let the editor know in your pitch email just roughly what the word count is going to be. So literally go to the publication's website, uh, find an article that's like of a similar style to yours and copy and paste it into Word and see how many words it is. And then basically just ensure that you stick to the same format yourself because um, it'll make you look like you really know what you're doing, even, even if you don't feel like you do. Um, yeah, find an estimated word count and just add that on into your email again just makes gives them an idea of how long the piece is going to be um, where maybe they would position it in the magazine what day it would what day they would put it up what section it would go in all that stuff can just be really helpful um, make sure that the publication hasn't already covered the angle that you want to write this ha- has happened to me quite a lot um, there's no bigger faux pas than pitching something that has already been covered because it just it's a big red flag to the editor that you don't actually read their publication so that doesn't look good if you like if you're pitching something that they wrote about years ago then obviously they're not I don't think they would hold it against you but if literally you know two or three days ago they've just written about it it just doesn't look that good on the flip side it does mean that you are pitching the right kind of stories it just means that you've pitched it a little bit too late and sometimes especially with newsworthy um or news pegged features uh time really is of the essence so people want to if something happens in the news today they want to read a feature about it you know a couple of days afterwards whilst it's still fresh in their mind another good tip is to follow your go-to editors on twitter so um, if you really love reading You Magazine, then go and find the editor of You Magazine. Follow them on Twitter. Look at all the articles that they're sharing because they'll share their favourite articles from You Magazine. They might also share articles from other magazines. So you'll get the kind of topics that they're interested in. They'll probably share art- the articles that they've written as well. So you could go and read them and get a style, I get a 
a, a kind of handle on their voice? Do they like humour? Do they like to be a bit more formal? What kind of experts do they speak to? Do they use a lot of quotes in their articles or do they not? Do they like to use case studies? Do they not? All that kind of stuff is really, really beneficial so that you know, basically you've just got like a little kind of fly on the wall situation of what it is that they like and what they prefer. So follow follow lots of editors on Twitter and take note of what they share and what they talk about and what they're really proud of sharing as well. Um, and you can um, also include that in your pitch email. You could say like, oh, I just read your, you know, if you want to be give them a little pat on the back. Sometimes it can come across a bit smarmy, so I just like use it with caution. Say, oh, I just read your piece about X, Y, and Z. I'd say something specific. Don't just say like, oh, it was really good. <laughs> say, oh, I personally was affected by this, so I found you dealt with a subject matter really sensitively or something like that. Make sure it's genuine. Um, and going back to what we were saying about um, making things newsworthy, you can, like, that can be quite, can feel quite stressful because an, an unexpected news story might come up Today, I always use the royal baby, like, oh, they've announced the royal baby, everyone, all the articles start to come out about anything to do with, like, pregnancy and birth and babies and baby names and all that kind of stuff. But obviously, you can't really predict that, um, because people announce pregnancies, obviously, on their own schedule. So it can be quite stressful to feel like you've got to respond to news stories all the time. But an- another way around that is that you can peg article articles to awareness days or holidays because certain awareness days and holidays will come around every single year so Christmas comes at the same time every year (laughs) that's why magazines uh, start planning their Christmas content in July because they know it's coming so why not plan ahead um so it could be like I have written a lot of stuff around mental health awareness week um you could write stuff around Valentine's Day, even stupid things like National Popcorn Day. You can find kind of smart ways to um, find an, find a way into talking about a subject based on uh, a specific holiday. So a few years ago, I knew I wanted to write about um, failure and why failure is a really good thing (laughs) failure can be kind of a positive thing if you learn to deal with it um, properly and how I how I found a way to talk about that was on the now let me find the exact date 17th of January of I think it was 2019 was officially known as Ditch New Year's Resolution Day because that was the day statistically somebody has uncovered by some you know half-arsed attempt at science (laughs) has figured out that that is the day that most people will give up on their new year's resolutions and they fail so I thought this is great this is like a really interesting way to talk about failure and so and I knew that that day was coming so I think I'm pretty sure I pitched it in like December and editors were like great because this is us we've got a We've got something sorted for January and a lot of people were off over Christmas so it meant that they had like an article in the bank which was quite good. Um, so that's an example of how you can look at kind of seemingly insignificant awareness days and use them as a jumping off point to kind of come up with lots of different ideas that you could um, make relevant to that holiday. 
Another question that I get asked quite a lot is, um, do you, is it okay to pitch the same story, the same pitch, the same idea to multiple outlets? And the answer is yes, but not at the same time. So if you write up this lovely email, it's like, hi, here's my idea. I want to write about um, how parents have been affected by um, the pandemic. don't know, that's not a very good story, but something more specific than that. <laughs> I want to write this story. Um, and here's my case studies, here's my experts, here's the angle I would have, here's the word count, do let me know if this would be of interest. And you fire that out to like five different publications on the same day. And then a few days later, you get a yes. And then the next day, you get a yes. And then the next day, you get a yes. You're in trouble because you can't write the same article for every place. And they are not going to want you to use the... They're not going to want to print an article that's got the same case studies, the same experts written by the same journalists. So obviously, you th- you probably think like, oh, like I would never get multiple yeses at once. Believe me, it can happen. And similar things have happened to me in the past where I thought I was being smart, pitching it out to multiple places. But just bear in mind that sometimes you wait for a bus and three come at once. So what I would say is basically leave a gap. So what I do is I'll send out a pitch and then say I send it out on a, a Tuesday morning and then what I'll do is I will either write in my diary or I'll set up like an op- autoresponder which I can do on or a reminder on Gmail which is like if I don't get a response to this email in seven days eh, nudge it up to the top of, my, top of my inbox and highlight it so that's quite a handy little hack that I like so what happens is I'll send out the pitch and then in a week if I haven't had a response it'll bump up to the top of my email then what I do is I will um chase up the email so I will forward it on to the, the same editor and say hi just um just following up from this pitch that I sent last week just wondered if it is of any interest and then I will set the same autoresponder so another week goes by and if I still haven't heard anything what I will then do is I will probably chase it up one more time just to say hey just checking before I send this out to other people other publications um, is this of interest and then if I get nothing back then I take that as a cue that they are not interested I've done all I can do and I will pitch it somewhere else um, but just yeah bear in mind that it's it can be first of all it's helpful to leave a space in between so that you don't run the risk of two publications saying yes but also the lesson here is that it sounds like Um, it sounds like I spend a lot of time chasing up things that don't ever come to fruition but you'd be surprised how many of my commissions have come from that second or third email of me saying hey just wanted to check if you got this because lots of people will send out a pitch and they don't get a response and they never chase it up so just through the sheer consistency of chasing up emails I have had quite a few commissions in fact I think Grazia was the one that um, I chased up a few times and then um, Hattie who was the I think she was an acting commissioning editor at that point got back to me like I think it was like a few months after saying like oh I'm really sorry I missed this but I'm really interested in it 
So these things do happen and they can, if it's not a newsworthy, if it's not like pegged to a news story, if it could be told at any time, you know, if it's an evergreen piece of content, then it can, you might get a response um, later than, much later than you anticipated. So just something to bear in mind. Um, and the final question I think I will run with today is, people ask me, is there a good time or day to send a pitch email and this is definitely more of an art than a science like I wouldn't say there's a specific <laughs> day or time that has been more successful than others um, but I would say I never pitch on a Monday because in my mind editors are sitting down at their desk for the first time after perhaps being off at the weekend they are very busy they're dealing with lots of um, staff in the office dealing with the backlog of emails from the weekend. Um, they probably already have a rough idea of what they want to run that day. Um, and yeah, I just find that Monday emails tend to go unanswered. Um, same with a Friday. Editors are tending to wrap up for the week. Probably won't respond to you. Just like, I don't respond to emails on a Friday. I always just think, oh, I'll do that next week. And then next week comes and I forget. So they might ignore it and they might mean to get back to you but then they will forget so a Friday I tend to leave for pitches I don't pitch on a, on a Friday um, but during the week Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday I think are good days and I think the earlier the better in my experience um, I, I'm not a morning person but what I'll do is on Gmail you can schedule sending your email so I will maybe write it on a Monday and then I'll schedule it to get sent out first thing on a Tuesday morning. So say like six o'clock in the morning. And I've had quite a, a bit of success with that. Like literally I'll wake up at half nine and have an email in my inbox saying, yes, we like that pitch. Can you write it please? So I think scheduling them to go out in the morning is a really good idea. Um, but on the contrary, if you can find editors who cover weekends then that can actually be quite a an untapped market so if you can find um like a lot of time will be freelancers freelance editors that work over the weekend and they're commissioning people to write over the weekend as well so um not to say that you can't pitch at the weekend but just if you can do a bit of snooping and try and figure out who who works at the weekends and who covers the weekends and who works during the week okay so i think I am going to wrap up this episode combined with the with part one you've now got like almost an hour's worth of pitching advice so um, I really hope that that's helpful remember to check out the link in my bio I will include the the blog post that I've got about pitching that's got some some really good examples in there of actual emails that I've sent as well actual successful pitch emails so I'll give them a look and just a reminder that I am hosting an online event on the 26th of July. It's a beginner's guide to pitching to magazines. So I'll leave the link to that in the show notes if you want to come along. Of course, Out of Office is available everywhere. So if you are interested in just becoming a freelancer in general, then that might be something that will give you the confidence to actually make the leap and dip your toe into the freelance world. So I will leave it there for this week. Do please come find me on Instagram, tag me if you like this episode, give me a little shout out and I will see you next week. Bye.